Well, we've been having a uh, very special series uh, through Hebrews. It might be you're just dropping in today, and we're welcome. You've already heard just that glorious opening part of uh, Hebrews read to us by Rui. And tonight we're going to read on, and we're in chapter 2 of Hebrews, and it's page 1202. 1202 uh, in the red Bibles on your table um, or it's on your app or whatever it is that you're using to read. We're reading from Hebrews chapter 2 and we're reading verses 10 to 18. Before we read, let me just say, we're going to be um, reading the passage a few times through the evening. Um, Then we're going to be asking ourselves, as we read this passage, what victory is described in this passage? What victory? And it is incredible. This passage speaks of the most amazing victory and rescue and revolution. And then we're going to be reading and thinking, how victory? How was this victory brought about? So they're the three things we're doing. We're reading the passage, we're going to ask what victory, and then we're going to ask how victory. That is what we're doing over these next few minutes. So the words are on the screen, they're in your Bible, they're on your app. Let's read it together. Verse 10. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory... It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that By his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason... He had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted." That's our passage for this evening. Now, if you've just heard that and you thought, I don't think I really followed that. Well, over these next few minutes, we're going to read it and reread it. Um, Over these last few weeks, I've been actually writing it out again and again and drawing little pictures. I'll share with you some of the pictures because this passage is just so rich and glorious. And it is 
it takes, I still, I'm only just scratching the surface that I'm looking forward to exploring it with you over these next few minutes. So let's look at it again. And we're thinking together as we read it, what is the overview? What is the whole passage saying? Well, right at the beginning, it says in verse 10, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists. Now just stop there a moment. What is that? What is that saying? It's describing God. Here we go. Here's a picture for you. So the, here, here is, this represents God on the screen. And it is saying in this passage that, well, everything exists for him. Everything is for his glory. He has made everything to bring him honor. But it also says, through him, everything exists. Nothing would exist unless God caused it to exist. So God is the one for whom everything exists. It's to bring him glory. And he made it all. Isn't that incredible description of God? And it says then that he should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. And then it speaks about how those who are rescued and those who are, um, and the one who is rescuing, well, they're of the same family. And Jesus calls them brothers and sisters. Well, let's pull some of those words out and just think about that for a moment. We've just talked about God for whom and through whom everything exists. It means that everything is there for his glory and he brought it all into being. What a concise, glorious definition of who God is. But then it says, who's it speaking about here? To make the pioneer of their salvation perfect. It's speaking about Jesus here. Now half a moment, I thought Jesus, I thought he was perfect already. And of course he is. But what it's talking about is making him perfect, preparing him for the job of rescue. And to be the one who can rescue, he has to go through suffering. He's made perfect for the job through what he suffered. And as he goes through this, and as this rescue that we're going to realize more about over these next few moments takes place, he is not ashamed to call those who are rescued his brothers and sisters. They're in the same family. Isn't that beautiful? The glorious Jesus, who we were hearing about as Rui read to us, the one who is... Um, appointed heir of all things through whom God made the universe, the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. That's verses 2 and 3 of Hebrews chapter 1. He says to those he rescues, you're my brothers and sisters. What an honor. What a glorious thing to read together. Then we've got these two quotes. One is from Isaiah and one is from Psalms. But he says this, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. That's in verse 12. And further down in verse 13, here am I and the children God has given me. You see here, he is saying that 
you and me, if we experience his rescue, we are made his brothers and sisters. We're made his family, his children. How can we both be both? Well, it is, they're both pictures of a close, wonderful relationship. And we can know that if we experience Jesus' rescue. We read on again, and in verse 14, it says, as we've just read, in verse 14, that he shared in their humanity, by, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery by their fear of death. Let's pull those words out for a second and just think about them for a moment. It is just so rich, isn't it, this passage? But you see, it's describing here how Jesus became fully human. I I realize that now, 2,000 years after Jesus, people don't, they doubt less that Jesus was fully human. But back then, not long after Jesus had walked among them and had made broken things unbroken, fed the hungry, healed the sick and died, risen from the dead, some people were starting to say, he can't have been actually fully human, can he? He must be something, something superhuman, something beyond. But it's very clear in this passage again and again that this Jesus who is the radiance of God's glory, that he became fully human. As you and as me shared in our humanity. So here we go. It's a bit of humanity coming up on the screen. And uh, this one who is so mega, so big, so glorious. This drawing isn't to scale. He becomes small. He becomes one of us. He comes born in a manger and then grows up a human flesh and blood as we are he shared in his in our humanity and then this jesus who is the radiance of god's glory who's humbled so small to become a human flesh and blood like you and me it gets even more extreme and what we've been celebrating this weekend is that he goes to his death you know Death is something that is, well, against us all, pressing down on us all. And every birthday, I hate to point it out, it's getting closer. And it's going to be the end of all of us. And Jesus, he stepped into human form, flesh and blood, and he even went to death. But we read that by his death, he breaks the power of death. Well, how does that work? By his death, Jesus breaks the power of death. Here's our picture again. He's pressed down like the rest of us. But what we're celebrating today is that he has conquered death. He's broken out of death. He's beaten death. He's broken the power of death. And as he breaks the power of death... He breaks the power of the devil. You see, the devil, 
because of, because of our rebellion, our association with him, we're all tied up in this broken system that is heading for death. And the power of the devil is that we too are heading for death and destruction. But Jesus, he has broken the power of death, broken the power of the devil, and he's freed those held in slavery by fear of death. So here we are. Here's the end of all humanity. Death. It's over. But Jesus has broken out, conquered death in the most spectacular and measurable, verifiable way. And because Jesus has conquered death, well, it means that all those who put their trust in him don't need to fear death either. Because Jesus has gone ahead and broken death itself. That is why we're celebrating Easter. It's the best news. Then the last part of the passage says in verse 17. He had to be made like them. Fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So let's pull those words out again. We've said this. It's interesting how the argument of Hebrews is a little bit different to how we might discuss things. You know, you might say, right, point number one, make point number one until everybody goes, yeah, that's it. I get it. Now point number two, building on point number one. Now point number three. And we build an argument like that in our culture. But in, in this book of Hebrews, it's like a cycle and we keep coming round, but it kind of gets deeper every time. So you might say, oh, a minute I heard already that Jesus was fully human but you see he's bringing it round again so that it really kind of drills down into our soul so he's made fully human in every way because he's fully human well he can be he can be the proper high priest now this is the person who would stand between us and God, make a connection between us and God. You know, the oldest piece of poetry in the Bible, the oldest document in the Bible, um, is Job. And in there he, he cries out, if only someone would come and put their hand on me and put their hand on God, and then somehow I could make my case, I could connect with him, but I can't. There isn't anyone. But Jesus is that one. And it's beautiful. He is the merciful and faithful high priest. So here we go. Here is the one who is the sovereign God. And he comes to us. And he comes close. So that, well, he can come close to you. To connect you with the God who is the glorious God. Who is through whom and for whom everything is made. The merciful high priest who comes close. He makes atonement for sins. Wow. He makes it that you can be at, at one, at oneness, at one with God. And because he's fully human, as that one who comes close, he's able to help those who are being tempted. 
What a passage. You can see why I've been writing it out and writing it out and writing it out, thinking I'm still not getting just quite how big this is. Here's another way of kind of summarizing it. What victory has been won? What victory? Well, we'll pick out some of these words again. We've wound our way and back up to verse 10. Well, it describes how he's brought many sons and daughters to glory. It says that he makes people holy. It says that he calls them brothers and sisters. That is that first paragraph, that 10 and 11. And then we've read those quotes from verses 12 and 13. In verse 14, you can see it on the screen, it says that he breaks the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery by their fear of death. That is what Jesus does. What a victory. And it's not the end of the list yet. Further down in verse 17, it says that he makes atonement for the sins of the people. And then it says he is able to help those who are being tempted. What victory. This is glorious. You know, if you are trusting in Jesus, then this is your story. You have been brought to glory because you are trusting Jesus. He makes you holy. He calls you brothers and sisters. He breaks the power of death. He breaks the power of the devil. He frees those held in slavery because of their fear of death. He makes atonement for sins. He's able to help those who are being tempted. What a victory, isn't it? Absolutely glorious. This is what Jesus does if we're trusting in him. What a victory. But then our second question was, how does this victory take place? Well, we've been seeing it as we've been reading it, but let's pull it out of the passage too. How victory? How does this happen? Well, at the end of verse 10, it says that it happened because Jesus suffered. At the end of, in the middle of verse 14, it says he shared in our humanity. So that by his death, he might break the power. Then further down in verse 17, it says, he was made like us, fully human. And then in verse 18, it says that he suffered. So how did this victory come about? You know, it's shaped kind of symmetrically, these verses 10 to 18. It starts off and it ends up by saying this victory comes because Jesus suffered. How does this victory come? It comes because Jesus shared our humanity, was fully human. How does this victory come? It comes because Jesus Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross for us. You know, we're going to take a few moments around our tables. We'll wrap up um, in a moment. But we want to spend five minutes or so around our tables. And let's ask ourselves some questions. 
what does this passage tell us about Jesus? What does this passage tell us about our rescue? What does this passage tell us about our identity now? And then perhaps the biggest question, so what? What changes? How does that change anything? Let's spend five or so minutes, a little bit longer, talking around our tables. Choose any part of that you want to. And let's think particularly about the so what. And in a few moments' time, I'll come up and we will continue to wrap up. And then we'll pray together. But let's talk around our tables for a moment now.